the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! <laughs> so, eagle-eared listeners might uh, already have worked out that we are talking about a piece in the New Yorker. Yes. New Yorker fiction. A short story. Fiction. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which we didn't find because we're avid readers of the New Yorker. I don't no. well, I don't know about you, but I'm not. Um, no. Perhaps I should be because it was a damn interesting story. I thought it was really uh, yeah. good. And I thought it was really well written. Mm. I wouldn't say I enjoyed reading it. No, it was a well uncomfortable <laughs> read. Yeah, uh, just from the first. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't want to go into it before Just we explain what it is. it a bit more, but it was flying yeah. around Twitter and Facebook, yeah, wasn't so it's it? Called, yeah, it's a piece called Cat Person. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's so many, like, even in the title, there are layers. So much going on. Um, um, so it's brilliant, uncomfortable, and problematic. Yeah. Uh, and all of those things. It was released last week, and mm. uh, somebody alerted, to us, uh, alerted us to it on Twitter, and we were tweeting it and it seems like a lot of people are reading it yeah well my sister tweeted it way before even that and then I yeah. saw it come up on my Facebook and oh, I'll give it a read and then and then people tweeted at us like yeah. are you going to talk about this so yeah. we thought it would be a great thing uh, to spend the podcast on but I would suggest people go and read it first especially if they don't want to be spoiled because we're going to basically spoil the whole thing yes um, and you can listen to it on audio as well as reading it which is great yeah uh, so you've got those options exactly yeah. mm. um, and it's so- only short right yeah, it's yeah. Um, 35 minutes long, as I think, as the audio. And that's like, yeah. you know, I washed the pots and, like, swept the floor. Yeah. Yeah, perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then um, you can listen to us, like, properly focus your attention. No multitasking. Yeah, no. So, but I guess before you go, well... We've Ooh, been, content notes, we've content been, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah whenever yeah, yeah. we've been tweeting it, we've been uh, including content notes. So... Mm-hmm. We think, I mean, on as I was saying on one of my tweets about it, mm. on, one, on one level, a lot of the stuff going on is like so mundane. It yeah. just feels so everyday, but there are lots of things in there that um, that are difficult to read about because yeah. there is, in there, there is fat phobia, yeah. there is whore phobia, yeah. um, there are lots of kind of consent violations all Definitely. the way through. And a lot about women's fear of violence is in there. Definitely. Um, for sure. Um, also, I found really a kind of, uh, kind of like the idea that femininity in a guy is unattractive you tip it into a quite a trans misogyny there as yeah. well so yeah, there was the, you know and yeah, yeah. kind of a, quite a lot of sort of shaming around what bodies should look like on on people yeah of, uh, well people of male and female genders anyway yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there was a dick size reference as well oh was there yeah, mm. yeah. and also I think there was like a <laughs> There's a very oblique self harm reference. Yeah. Up on yeah, yeah. Well. So, so it's worth There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling a little bleak already, maybe not not the one to go for. But um, if you're thinking, I really want to think about gender and sex and consent and power, then this is the story for you. Yeah, and yeah. it's the story for us, so we're going to talk about it. Yes, because so, um, those are common even, themes for yeah, us, aren't they? Yeah. Exactly. Well, we've been talking about it so much lately that it would feel remiss not to talk about yeah. it. Also, it's nice because we are going to try and publish this today, so about it, and then maybe we can have a conversation with you, dear listener, and you can yeah, share yeah. your thoughts with us. Oh, we've already been having some tweets back and forward yeah. with some other folks, particularly ones who noticed the fat phobia, yeah. in there, um, which I was really glad to see other people pick up on that, because yeah. that was one of the things that really jumped out at me, but may actually 
actually not even twig for some of the more mainstream yeah. audience who maybe haven't engaged with fat activism so yeah. really we'll, we'll come back to that yeah well when I was first reading it I kind of I thought mm, there's something a bit fishy about the, the talking about this guy being fat but mm. my first reading of it mm-hmm. it was almost like I was overlooking that because I was so on the side of the main character yeah because it's written from her point of view yeah. which obviously does something doesn't it yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah um, so that's so mm. the basic none of the story is that mm-hmm. it's um is a, is a guy called Robert. Yeah. Uh, who turns out to be thirty-four. Yeah. And a woman called Margot, who turns out to be 20. twenty. Yeah. They don't really know how old each other are at the beginning, do they? Yeah. She's mm-hmm. a student. I don't yeah. know what a sophomore is, but she's a student. So yeah. uh, they meet, yeah. and they they don't meet online or in the way that people always in the way that people meet now. They yeah. Meet, <laughs> they meet, at they a meet while she's working. She's at work. Yeah. Uh, at working at a cinema. At a concession stand, I guess. Concession in the cinema. stand. Yeah. Well, she's flirting with him, and she says that's part of the job that yeah. makes it a bit of fun, but also mm. feels like it's a kind of emotional labour. Really interesting. It yeah, really touches really on that kind of idea of a, a women's emotional labour and, and people in those kind of roles, like mm. barista or serving in a cinema, and how mm. they have to do emotional labour. Um, but yeah, then it's kind of like uh, they get to texting mm-hmm. or messaging back and forth, and yeah, it's I mean, kind of got a nice report. She's not convinced at first that she fancies him, but yeah. she kind of talks herself into fancying him. Yeah. She says that she could make herself fancy. She could. could she could imagine him as this, yeah, kind of. It could be sexy, and yeah. then and and he's calling her concession stand girl. Yeah, you know, in this kind of like teasy way, slash but it's slash snaggy. We really both picked picked up on that nagging thing. But let's like, yeah, just finish the story before we get yeah. into analysing it. So, so it's yeah, it's back and forward, isn't it? Online, mm-hmm. and then they kind of meet, and he's quite nice to her, and doesn't push it or anything. And then they do have a date, but it's super awkward. Yeah, but they end up they do get kind of drunk together and they go back and have sex at his place and after this point she's not she really knows that she's not into him and so she kind of goes tries to ghost on him and then really lets him down quite harshly and at first he's quite okay with that and then right at the end of the story he comes back with a very negative response and sort of kind of first of all being quite creepy and then calling her a whore that's the last line yeah so uh yeah that's it in a nutshell yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a really unpleasant read for for all of those like within all of that within that story Mm -hmm. and I guess it starts off with just how it is that they are just from the get-go the tone of the beginning of the the Mm. inverted commas relationship is really kind of clear that um he is uh being quite withdrawn withdrawn and avoidant Mm. and uh, making lots of kind of um, critical comments in a kind of jokey laddie kind of way about her, which we would describe as negging. Yeah, which is um, a term used by um, in the seduction community. Yeah, like pick pick up up artists. artists. Yeah, uh, where basically it's kind of it, it's actually used as a a technique. Uh, to get women to sleep with men because it's like the idea I guess is that you put somebody down yeah so that they they try and work harder for your interest yeah and it even foreshadows that in this kind of their very first exchange she feels Mm. like he moves away physically from her and she kind of moves towards him and it's you know I feel like that's that's really strong in there that's so interesting it's just occurred to me like when you read it as well it's got it's a lot like in a lot of like chick lit or romance kind of books mm. there is this character like this guy mm. but 
and and you know he's used as the kind of juxtaposition to the to the really good relationship she then gets into mm. and even Fifty Shades has that kind yeah. of there's that male friend that you know it's awkward and then Christian Grey's really horrible to her and it's like it's quite interesting in this short story she's telling the story of that relationship mm. but she even imagines this later fantasy boyfriend who she's going to get together with and tell the story to yes. and it's it is like as if you've taken that one chunk out of a chick lit kind of book of, of, the, of the yeah of the uncomfortable relationship that preceded it that well, shows how much better the great you know oh, love that, is yeah. that was a really good and useful device I liked yeah. that um, but it, one person just to pick up on that point about chick lit mm. uh, I guess that I saw one person on Twitter dryly say that it's like Robert's learned how to have sex by watching Pornhub. Yeah. She's learned about relationships by reading Twilight. Oh, how spot on is that? <laughs> and also, it reminded me of something I talk about in Rewriting the Rules, which is the Rules Girls and the Game Boys. Yeah. It's like how all the girls who grew up on like the rules and then all the books that came after that which are all about telling women how to be enticing to men yeah. and you know be sexy and stuff mm-hmm. and you really get that in this bit where she's like she she cries and then she's looking in his eyes and see herself reflected yeah. and sees what a pretty girl she is yeah. and like loves the fact that he's looking at her and seeing that yeah. and it's so so that and then the, the game refers to the seduction communities we were talking about before and how those were almost like a response to the rules of yeah. like you know women being taught how to effectively manipulate guys into relationships and then men being told how to manipulate girls into sex yeah um, and it does not form the basis of a very happy relationship surprise surprise no and the yeah. genders at play all the way through oh it's just saturated that, in the, in the messages yeah. we receive about gender yeah which is partly what made it very uncomfortable i mean you know i'm going to be honest and say as somebody socialized as a woman mm. you know no longer um identifying that way but like i just remember re- i remember reading all those books and magazines and mm. it, it getting all that media and i remember it operating through me in exactly that way of like yeah. the way that i was yeah, certainly that thing about like really d- desiring to be desired and mm. that being what sex was, was yeah. seeing yourself as desirable as the whole scene where she's kind of just goes off on this, like she calls it like an ego trip about how, how you know, sexy she is as this young thing having yeah. sex with this older guy. And also that, you know, that the, the way she's really objectifying of the guy and wanting this kind of classic almost like you know Disney Prince kind of version of masculinity mm. and basically the whole way through judging him against that yeah. and sometimes finding that you know maybe he is that but then finding him wanting and you know he's just not good enough you know and she's effectively waiting for some kind of Christian Grey arsehole yeah. you know <laughs> to, to be better at sex and better at you know all of these things yeah. Yeah. yeah and then she's waiting yeah she's then waiting for the person that you mentioned before the, the future boyfriend that she, yeah. that she longs to have that isn't this person and that they can sit there and have a great laugh at this guy's expense yeah, yeah. so there's a huge amount of um, very strong gendered messages here and gender scripts about how it is that men and women are meant to be behave with each yeah. other yeah and they both interesting self-objectify in relation to that and objectify the other person in relation yeah. to that like they're both you know trying to match up to it themselves and also trying to force the other person in a way to be their vision of you know what an attractive woman or man is yeah, yeah. so I mean they're yeah they're having to perform it for themselves mm. in order to do it for the other person yeah, yeah, as yeah. well mm-hmm. um, and that kind of goes throughout the whole thing and mm. um, and that certainly um, I think so that kind of what is known as toxic masculinity is there throughout the book. Yeah, throughout the book, throughout the, the feels the like story. A book. Yeah. throughout the story. Um, 
in that um, the, there's definitely, and from the get-go, there's the idea that the, the guy is revealing uh, elements, that Robert is revealing elements of his kind of vulnerability, but in yeah. quite what seems like, I think a lot of people have read this as quite a tactical way, yeah. as a kind of tactical way of kind of drawing her in, as kind of like, kind of like save me, but yeah. don't come too close. The Beauty and the Beast there. Yeah. Know, again, another classic story that's been reinterpreted into many sort of romances, that idea that, that she can change him. And she talks about this power that she feels mm. to, to when, she get, when she gets it and she thinks, wow, I could really hurt, I know how to hurt you now and I know how to soothe you now. Yeah. But whether he, you know, is the power with her who's figured that out or is it with him that he was kind of somehow, you know, giving her that impression in order to give that sense that he's like this beast that could be tamed or Definitely. something, yeah. So he's kind of quite avoidant, but then shows glimpses of this, uh, of of his vulnerability that kind of brings her further towards him. So, and actually, mm. and we were talking about this in terms of uh, cat and dog. Mm. And the, the piece is called Cat Person. So, yeah. And um, it's kind of called that on the surface because he talks about having cats and then she never sees she never sees them and then she's like, "Is this another part of a game that yeah. he didn't even have them?" But you saw another meaning of cat person yeah. underneath that. I mean, we yeah. talk about this in our relationship patterns yeah. bit in our zine. Make your own relationship using our first plug. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we have on yeah. the one end there's a dog and the other end there's a cat. And so we talked about this on, yeah. on before that you know, cats that, being more avoidant. Yeah. yeah, and that and dogs being super loyal. Yeah, and we've talked about just for uh, in our when we talked about us in that really indulgent but everyone loved it podcast. <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, we were saying that we're both trying to be a bit more cat yes. rather than be all dog all the time. Yeah, but it strikes me that these characters were extreme ends of the spectrum. That, mm. um, that Margot was very dog-like and very loyal and always there and wanting more. Mm-hmm. And the more she wanted more, the less he was giving. The more her, the he more became cat and really quiet and and. But it's so it's so hard because you know what's going on in her head and you don't know what's going on in his. So yeah. you could almost read him on anywhere on a spectrum from manipulative pickup artist yeah. type all the way through to somebody who is just got really low social skills mm-hmm. um, and really struggles with you know this kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it's it's quite hard to know in a way quite where to pitch him. Definitely, um, but you certainly get the sense of as a woman how much emotional labour she expects herself and kind of is expected to do yes. in terms of trying to figure him out and you know com- come up with explanations and excuses for bad behaviour and mm. try and try and see him in this kind of you know he's really handsome priest, p- prince and not a beast type way and then it kind of falls down and she can't quite manage that anymore yeah, yeah. I mean because it's written from her perspective you're right we're not mm. really getting a, a, a full sense of um, his motivations and what's going on for him mm. because uh, like a, a, a slightly more charitable rate, way of reading his behaviour particularly at the beginning is mm. that he's somebody who um, seems to just like be very conflicted and like struggles with we're trying to be the man that society is telling exactly. him to be, yeah. but find so few ways to actually um, articulate that and to um, to enable that to happen. And so it seems that he's somebody who doesn't quite know how to relate to the script, but he knows enough to do damage. Exactly. So, like from the get-go, he was um, 
both at the same time revealing vulnerability but also going up to her and saying hey concession stand girl <laughs> yeah. I want your number yeah yeah and whereas a much more consensual way of doing that yeah. would be hey how would you feel about taking my number exactly yeah 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 and, and she- there's, there's no I mean this is it because they're both so so performing these expected gender roles that consent is in it no, nowhere at all and this is where I think like if yeah, you were talking about giving them advice like the big advice for both of them is go away and read Bell Hooks's book all about love yeah. because this shows how love is completely impossible mm. under the conditions that you're doing things which is injustice inequality non-consent treating each other as mm. partial objects rather than whole human beings you know and I think it's just you know it is impossible and sadly it will be impossible for both of them with anyone else either if they're going to treat people in that way yes and then I also want to say I've got so many thoughts and feelings about this Justin but you know we're looking at these two individuals but they are playing out these wider cultural gender roles and that's the monster here more than it is these two individual people who are just literally you know we can't step outside of culture like they're in all of that and it's so hard to resist yeah all of that bullshit that they're both kind of completely swimming in that they can't even see it they can't treat each other as equal human beings and it's so sad because you get these glimpses like maybe when they're online Mm -hmm. the kind of second time and they are actually just being human with each other and maybe something about that online contact means that they can do that because it's away from the physical and you know it but they just can't sustain it oh when they were starting to have real talks when they were having right. beer yeah like that was you yeah know, that, maybe they both got off onto the wrong foot and mm. misunderstood each other and maybe that was a moment where yeah they could both actually be really like starting to develop trust there was no trust anyway oh anyway, god no 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 yeah um i'd say and, and that made me kind of i just felt reddit feeling quite slightly terrified all the way through just because I just didn't feel like there was going to be any trust and I thought that no. bad thing was going to happen. Oh, you don't know where, where it's going to go, exactly. I mean, the other thing, the other script on top of the very, really gender stuff and mm. very much part of it is the romance script. Yes. You know, the script of um, how these things are supposed to play out and it's yeah. almost as if they were playing the script out for themselves and just seeing how wrong that can go. Yeah, but, like she's know. got constantly this script of a good first date which involves seeing a certain kind of movie and having a certain kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, right, you know. They and were both then, trying to make the initial flirtation and the initial chatting up really work as well. Mm. They were trying to make it into what happens at the movies. It was, yeah. So it's quite, it's really clever. If this is intentional, it's, it's I think it's super clever. But basically, mm. they're both, both, like if he'd have given her his number, yeah. she wouldn't have texted him. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's not how it goes. Yeah. So the, the movie script, like the kind of, uh, I'm much happier calling this toxic romantic uh, yeah me too bullshit. toxic romantic bullshit and um, gendered but yeah, yeah it's toxic every every which way right exactly that's yeah. meant to be the guy who is doing all the pursuing mm. and she's meant to be pursued yeah and, and he's meant to be good at sex and yeah. she's meant to just take it like, exactly you know he's the one who's expected to say words <laughs> during sex yeah. and she's either going to find those a turn on or laugh as she does you know and, and it's he's like, not meant yeah. Uh, I mean, another thing that he's not me- he's meant to make very growly, deep noises all the way through. Oh my god! And then when she says, "Oh, you know, he made some high pitched wine," like and yeah. it was almost feminine. Mm. Oh, hate it's the gendered of... shaming in that of yeah. like you know, women have to be pretty and delicate and so cute when they're in tears, you know, and men have to be all manly and you know, it's all, and when he says that thing bossily, like that's a good thing, mm. you know, that he managed to find a bit of dominance, but then he kind of loses it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, such sad messages. It's like, weird. It's, oh. so it's so it's two people enacting this really problematic yeah. 
toxic script around gender, but also romance. Yeah, and, and then also sex. And then sex. Yeah. So, so let's, should script, we talk about yeah. sex? Yeah, let's talk about the sex. So, I mean, the sex is, uh, like, classic what happens when it's one person doing a thing to another and one person with mm. all the... So with all, going through what they understand to be yeah. the sex scripts, the normative sex scripts, and the other person just kind of going along with it. And yeah. To the point of... She, there was a point where she really just wanted it not to happen but yeah. couldn't say that she didn't want it to happen and this is useful where we're in her head because we know she doesn't want it to happen but we know she feels like there's no get out it's what we talk about a lot is this idea of this sexual script yeah. that somehow there's a feeling that has to have this beginning middle and end yes um, and one thing always leads to another yeah and there's no there's no possibility to say that you're not enjoying it and you know because but because no one's asking what you want to do yeah. of course it's very unlikely that you are going to enjoy it because there is no conversation and this is it consent wise there's no conversation either before it's like she gets they both get drunk but there's a suggestion that she's drunker than he is mm. and it, he makes this move towards no you're drunk we're not going to do it but mm. then when she carries on coming on to him he's like you know they are going to do it and and almost there is again the sense is, is he kind of negging her into it by kind of forcing the issue that they have to go to his place yeah and I mean, making it be like it was her decision well that's right it, yeah. he kind of manipulates her into 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 saying can we go to yours yeah so as I was saying to you earlier if mm. this got to like a court yeah uh, he'd be able to say well you know she wanted to come back to mine she yeah. asked to come back to mine yeah and so he was kind of like so on the face of it he, what he's trying to do is to do this kind of covering himself around consent but never actually doing anything that's consensual. right that's right and he actually gives us some whiskey when she gets in so yeah. which belies his whole like I don't want to have sex with somebody but who's but he drunk. has some whiskey and then she has some to kind of like yeah just to get through the next bit oh, no. and yeah. the whole thing is it's um awful it's awful so mm. the just before I guess before this, we talk about the sex we should also talk about the fact that he's just no, he's not revealed how old he is at this point, but she's revealed that she's 20. Yeah, because she was getting carded in one of the so cars. He yeah. now knows that he's much older than her, but yeah. he doesn't reveal that he is uh, 14 years older yeah. than her at this point. So in terms of power, you know, again, we would say, like, in our book, Enjoy Sex, How and If You Want To, but yeah. also in some other writing about that really important consent piece about thinking about what kinds of power yeah. each person has. Yeah. And they don't, you know, they simply don't have that conversation. Um, no. but there's, there's yeah his his masculinity and his olderness you know oldness more yeah. Than he. yeah so he's got a lot more power in that he's got his own home etc he was there, driving yeah and there are ways in which you know she has power around youth and beauty and so forth as well you know is there a suggestion he's maybe neurodiverse in some way in terms mm. of you know how he's handling things but mm. you know it seems like he's certainly got a whole load of power in the situation I mean that's the thing with yeah. power and we always talk about this that mm. it's it, that people always have things that privilege them and disprivilege yeah. them and it's just like we have to look at the whole yeah. the whole piece yeah. and think well in this situation yeah. who has more power here yeah, yeah. and it's three o'clock in the morning mm. and she doesn't know where she is yeah. she's been driven to this place yeah they've both had, had alcohol yeah she's feeling a bit scared yes and all the way along he should be giving her out exactly which he never does either with the sex or with the relationship no. more broadly um and again yeah if they were talking about it you know then they would have the op- opportunity to reflect on some of this yeah but they just don't so it's just like she ends up kind of basically going along with it yeah and trying to find ways to make it feel sexual and then there's that real yeah the tragedy of the fact that 
the way she finds it possible to be a bit sexy is to imagine you know him as this quote unquote unattractive guy and how he must you know be like this kind of what was it like a milk fed baby like or something she says like to to be so lucky to have sex with some youthful 20 year old you know yeah. and she kind of self objectifies effectively um, and that gives her something of an excitement um, but then she can't really sustain it no and then mm. there's a point when in order to give her she try. I feel like she tries to give herself permission to get out of the situation by saying to herself how little she fancies this yeah, guy yeah. but that turns into this awful bit which is Fatphobic. Yeah. Well, she's uh, done that a few times about yeah. him. You know, this kind of like, it's yeah. I think the thing that's there is so much in the story as well as the, the cultural gender roles, the cultural rules around what's attractive, which just so rarely get even questioned. Yeah. It's like seen as a given. The person who wrote on Twitter said, you know, I was trying to give the author a bit of an out of saying, well, maybe she's trying to show that that character is a bit superficial mm-hmm. or that you know, objectification's happening in both directions but you know the person said well you know actually it's used so much as a trope you know in in fiction that you know that just you know it's laugh that it would be laughable that a a fat person could be attractive yeah and so yeah i feel like to wield that and then you know once i look through the story it's like you know he was on the heavy side he had a thick belly the weight of him on her the heavy yeah. shelf of his belly margot recoiled margot felt a wave of revulsion it's just mm. horrible yeah you know, it is really horrible and consistent yeah. so i'm like yeah it's not it's not cool and the the difficulty around having a fictional story which includes a lot of fat phobia is that mm. it's putting a lot of people off reading it actually mm. as well and yeah if that wasn't there i don't think it needs to be there if it wasn't there then i think um, yeah that people would be engaging with the really important stuff but um but like you say there's a there's a sense that she's draw she is drawing as a character on this wider cultural trope of fatness and femininity are unattractive on a guy in order to kind of get herself out of the situation that's kind of how i was reading it that she's in a situation where she just felt completely trapped and Mm. she um i guess was kind of blaming herself for trapping herself and i think was giving Mm. herself permission to say actually I've, what am I doing I don't yeah. fa- don't even fancy this guy yeah and so I think there was perhaps um you know with we talk about power and we we, we talk about consent but we also need to talk about agency yeah and the ability to to get out of a situation and mm-hmm. the ability to actually articulate what it is that we want and she is um, I mean she has had sexual experiences before but she's in a situation where she's never even had sex around at somebody else's house yeah she doesn't know how this goes yeah she doesn't know what the the right thing to do is and mm. she doesn't like she doesn't so she needs to somehow use whatever tools she has here to give herself some agency yeah and I think where a lot, a, lot, a lot of that stuff is coming from mm. um, and when I was in that situation I was like when I was reading this I was yeah. thinking I was with her in that situation thinking just do anything you can not to have yeah. sex right yeah now. yeah yeah because yeah. you're so clearly not like she's no. panicking yeah. she was kind of like freezing and doing the thing that happens during sexual assaults that people yeah. either go along with it because they just want it to be over or yeah. they freeze she's like they... freezing and she's like almost like putting herself she's dissociating by putting herself in this future position yes. of imagining talking to this future boyfriend and having a laugh about it mm. which is both you know at the one time a horrible thing to to be doing to the guy she's actually having sex with and it's also a horrible thing to be doing to herself yeah um, exactly. and it's an awful thing that he's doing to her because he's basically putting her in a situation where she can't do anything else no 
and yeah. he's just following the script during sex and she does end up going mm. going along with things and describing being put into various positions yeah. uh, as if and the, what, what, she, what she was describing was basically what sounds like the very scripted sex that we see not yeah. just in porn but also in Hollywood films as well any sex scene it's yeah. always penis and vagina sex as we've talked about yeah. you know, and they were talking about being in the missionary position well, and, again, and he gets shamed for loss of erection as well yeah. so again there's this sense that the sex could only be you know and at the same there is this kind of assumption that he has to be erect and he has to come Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And the the thing here is, and this is where we can have a rant about what we say about consent, is yes. that it's quite clear to me reading this that there is some non-consensual sex happening yes. here. Yeah. But at no point is she able to say, no, actually, I do not want to have sex no. at this moment. Yeah. And that's the that's where the whole our crappy understanding, our crappy teaching and crappy... And rape culture, because she victim blames herself, right? She's like, I've got to go along with this because it's my fault because I got in the car and blah, 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 you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's the, but just to yeah. continue my rant Sorry. about sex education. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the yes means yes, no means no yeah. bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one's saying no here, but people are clearly articulating. That's right, that's right, exactly. That, right, there's yeah. no... And this is clearly, like... Um, people are in a sexual situation that they didn't want to be in at this yeah. point. And actually, he's not being consensual. I mean, he's certainly not being consensual with her. He's following mm. the script of what it is that he thinks he should be yeah. doing, which is non-consensual. Yes. Um, but also, he's just not being consensual with himself. There's no sense of him tuning into his own... No, and uh, you get design. the sense as well, you know, he's not, you know, there's after being a bit ridiculed by her, you know, he's not into it anymore, but he feels like he's got to come. Like, that's, you know, what, and he's losing his erection several times, but sort of forcing himself to carry really on. struggling with, just with grim. it, it sounds like. Grim yeah, and no point is anyone able to say, yeah. what are we actually up for right now? We're well, both a bit drunk, we don't even really right. know each other very well. They're both dissociating as well, because, like, also he's doing that whole, like, oh, you're making me so hard when he's not. You yeah. know, it's like they're both telling these stories to get them through the situation. It's just tragic. And she, the way, actually, this is where the self-harm thing came in, mm. because she was talking about the... At the bar, she was talking about the... She felt... She imagined having sex with him. Yeah. And she... It felt like... She felt like feeling in her stomach, which was a bit like a flick of an elastic band on her wrist. Yeah. Which is one of the strategies people who self-harm use. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, for, so that was a bit of a... So self-harming. So yeah. it's kind of like... It, it's flagging up that there is like a kind of... Um, there's, there's some of that going on for Margot, the main yeah. character, and that that it's two people who really ought to be taking better care of each other, and also need to be seeking out more caring people for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah. then she goes off. So after the sex, she kind of becomes more distant, mm-hmm. and um, and then she goes back home, and then she sleeps for twelve hours, and then has waffles. Mm-hmm. in the cafeteria which to me sounds like an act of self-care an yeah. act of kind of coming drawing herself into herself and protecting herself a bit so yeah. it's clear there's been some kind of violation to me absolutely there, yeah yeah and that she is kind of looking after herself then she receives a series of texts from mm-hmm. Robert and she kind of ignores him and doesn't know what to do she can't yeah she's trying to compose something isn't she but yeah. the more she tries the more it kind of becomes unwieldy and she doesn't you know yeah. feel like she can send it but then her fucking friend yeah. picks up her phone and sends a text message on her behalf to Robert without hashtag her consent. consent hashtag yeah it's like we're, this is it isn't it and we talk about again like it's you know the lack of consent is not just around sex in our culture right. but that's the one we focus on yeah. you're right I don't Actually, I didn't even see that when I was reading the story twice. 
I don't really see that as a non-consensual act. Of course it is. It's like taking all her agency away from her. No question about, you know, yeah. And that's not the way to deal with somebody who God, no. has just been through an experience like that. Yeah. And it's exactly the opposite, in fact, yeah. of what you should do if somebody's been through a non-consensual experience. You don't take more agency away from yeah. them. I mean, you Horrendous. do everything you can to help yeah, them to yeah, gain yeah. more agency. Okay, now I hate someone different in the in the story <laughs> than the ones I hated at the beginning. Nobody <laughs> oh. nice in this story. But, but they kind of are in the sense that, you know, it is just... This is these are the the norms, you know. It's like it's yeah. just what people are doing, and it's, it, before you kind of think critically about this stuff, it is is what you do. And I, yeah, I really feel that I felt that resonance with that character of yeah. like a twenty year old girl because it's what you know. It's kind of like why I have some time for the show, girls, because mm. I think that's what it's showing. You know, yeah. is, is that kind of you know what it's like when you just take on board all of those really powerful messages from the culture and become this kind of pretty awful white middle class girl you know <laughs> but like, I, think what, mm. I think just stepping out of the story for a second and thinking about you know the role of fiction in this is that yeah. you know is this just retelling those narratives or is it mm, challenging them really good question because that's what I don't like about girls yeah I'm just watching all this nastiness all it's the just time, re- yeah no one's, and I'm getting no redemption from it yeah and it's kind of like it's not fun for me people so are not thinking critically it. and again yeah we're not seeing these characters think critically about it or find a different way of being no you know in fact they've become the worst possible well particularly Robert becomes the worst possible version of it at the end when he becomes yeah. like literally just the guy sending somebody a dick pic or you know you know yeah. like you know messaging her and when she doesn't reply calling her a whore basically yeah um, a lot of my friends who, who date and do online dating mm. uh uh, who are women yeah. are getting so many of those messages yeah, all the fucking that's time. right that's so 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 it's it's like that yeah. normalized you know uh, yeah. you, you know you send somebody three kind of oh hey up whatever messages and then you call them a whore for not responding yeah and also let's say how whorephobic as what you know again it's like this buys into this whole idea that somehow it would be the worst thing in the world to be a sex worker which yeah. is not the case no and an awful thing not yeah like the so, worst thing he could be is fat and the worst thing she could be is a sex worker that's just really grim I mean the whole thing is really grim yeah uh, <laughs> um, but I'm glad that we're doing something that I'm glad that we're talking about it and it, I'm glad that so many people are talking about well, it well yeah exactly and that is why it, this is like in a post Me Too world yes that um, that certainly I think that's part it's of it's got to be part of why it's been yeah. so popular right now because I think it does it, it relates to all of that you know it relates to all of those issues around power and consent Mm. and I think it's you know it questions in useful ways the gender dynamics and how they're involved and the complexity around Mm. power and gender Mm. Um, we were saying that it reminded us of that quote and I think she did she you said she referenced it in one of the interviews the quote Mm. from Margaret Atwood about men are afraid that women will laugh at them and women are afraid that men will kill them Mm. and something about you know that gendered imbalance around power but also starts to get you thinking critically about how did that situation even arise Mm. that gender binary situation you know men being socialized into feeling entitled to women's Mm. bodies women feeling socialized into they must be desired and Mm. they, they need to see a guy's desire like that you know Mm -hmm. there's so much there's just so much in there once you start to pull the threads yeah around all of those I mean it's it's and it's a brilliant bit of writing and Mm. but again if people are just focusing on the individuals and what's happening there I think they're missing out on the really big thing exactly yeah and and that is those really um, rigid very polarising very very binary um, uh, 
stories we have around how we should do gender yes are just so damaging for absolutely everybody absolutely and the, the you know you could argue that flick the flickers of vulnerability and femininity that he shows are the most optimistic things mm. and so to see him then being shamed for those rather than be like yes you know if, if masculinity was able to incorporate more vulnerability and more so-called femininity whatever that means yes. you know great you know and the same mm. when in, in her flickers of you know kind of agency and power I would like to. I, I'm trying. I try to feel. The more I've been engaging with it, I've tried to feel more compassion for Robert. Because mm. when I first read it, I thought this guy is a fucking arsehole. Mm. And I've been trying to do that, but it's hard to do because I do also think that you know that his flickers of vulnerability are tactical. Well, yeah, and if they are, then awful. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's so hard to read it without his. Yeah, you know, without being in his course, head as much as you're in hers. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we could write a version from his perspective yeah. where we where it would be. I mean, what would be really good if there was a version, if the same author wrote so yeah. something, sorry, I'm asking you to do loads more work. Yeah, <laughs> do I some emotional labour for I us. I hope you're getting paid a yeah, shed, yeah. shed load. Yeah, yeah. But I hope you get paid like a dollar per hit or something. Yeah, that would be great. Or whatever you get paid in America. Yeah, but if, if it was written by the same author, not from some, you know, MRA uh, guy, but written <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Same, same author, the same perspective with that level of, like, with that kind of writing. Mm. It would be interesting to see how critical we could be of him, yet also and how compassionate we could how be. How to find both, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, again, going back to Bell Hooks, you know, that she's saying not that, you know, the way forward is not to, like, just get rid of, you know, all of all of these people who are doing these, you know, uh, relationships under conditions of kind of injustice and mm. inequality, but rather for those folks to learn a different way of being with each other. And she's really critical of like gendered self-help, like the kind of Mars and Venus stuff, which yeah. basically uh, teaches effectively how to be more like this. Exactly. And she's saying, you know, we have to have, yeah, we have to have conditions of of mutuality and equality in order to have love in relationships, and mm. then tying that to much wider social injustices. You know, effectively saying, yeah, we until the world is more just it's going to be really hard to have love. Yeah. And I think that's where that, yeah, sense of real bleakness from the whole Me Too, you know, campaign and, you know, then reading the story comes in as like, wow, it's so hard for us to find compassion, mm. you know, for each other and empathy and really meet each other under the, the current conditions in relation to gender and also how it intersects with all of these other aspects of people in terms of class, race, age... You know, yeah. physical appearance, disability, etc., etc. Exactly. But yeah. I think there's still, um, but none of that I think should be letting uh, men off the hook. No. Because I, st- I think that the 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 point that this, many people are taking away from this piece, I think, it, and from me too, is a really important one. Mm. Is that still men are not hearing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and that that you know, there's a really great quote that I use in some of the work I do around consent from a from a blogger that was about you know how the more powerful person is on them to increase the amount of agency the yeah. other person has to yeah. agree or disagree to things you know and to even you know tune into what they want and he just doesn't, none of that he doesn't recognise the power he has you know you kind of get the sense that yeah maybe he's stuck in that whole like horrible like nice guy like why don't yeah. I get you know the woman like he's entitled to her type way of thinking yeah. and he's not you know he's think again goal focused thinking about the prizes sex yeah rather than thinking about you know how can we make this the most consensual encounter yeah which again you know if it were the more mutual and the more consensual it was the more likely to get decent sex and a decent relationship yeah. of whatever kind out of it 
aim for consent yeah it's yeah he's like and then you know and then it's like that whole friend zoning you know like as if it would be terrible if they were friends rather than lovers you know and yeah yeah because they had a nice connection yeah they're chatting by text right you know, that could have been a friendship exactly um uh. Uh. yeah yes have we run out of things to say finally i don't think we have but we uh, should probably start yes <laughs> <laughs> we said a lot said a lot about this we think that they would probably have had a better relationship if they had a more intentional way of doing yeah. relationships what if there was a more intentional way of doing relationships almost as if they'd read a zine or a book a you know or maybe both and yeah. listened to a podcast I'm sure that if they were if these fictional characters were to go to our really not fictional website yes makejohnandjustin.com <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you hit the publications page you yeah. will see that there are publications by us that will help um, also, I think they the, could the, follow us on Twitter. I think Robert also really needs to go to my website as well. Bish. Oh, okay, Robert really needs your help. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on the Twitters mm-hmm. at Meg John Justin, yeah. on the Facebooks dot, forward slash Meg John, just, Meg John Justin, soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. Um, we love hearing from you and getting your. Um, uh, getting your thoughts about mm. uh, this episode and that short story or anything else yeah and feel keep, free to let us know what you think yeah and keep sending us questions and stuff yeah alright until <laughs> next time bye bye